I V M. Here's your smart fact of the day. So what's the difference between a colleague, a peer and a counterpart? A counterpart is a person who has the same job as you in another company or the person from another company whom you work with to get business done. Right? While a colleague is somebody whom you work with regularly within your company maybe at different levels. Sometimes it's fashionable to call people who report to you your colleagues just to look more democratic. <laughs> But I'm kidding you. What's a peer on the other hand? A peer is somebody who is at the similar level of knowledge and experience as you within or outside your company. Welcome to Smarter with Said. This episode, episode number 16, I think, we are going to talk about peers and whether working with peers and the pressure that you feel because of that is actually good for you or not. Let's figure it out. Two peers really harm your career or do they help your career I don't know it really depends on who the peers are okay jokes apart i think a lot of us are you know justifiably worried about what our bosses think about us and the people who work for us you know are underlings they, uh, they whether they're working well for us and a lot of times people do leave their companies because they can't get along with their bosses and so therefore we think those two you know groups are going to be really important for us in order for us to have a successful stint at any company but to be honest that's not entirely true what's really the hidden layer over here is your peer layer so whatever your level may be let's assume you're a, a cxo you know you're a cmo or something then well your cfo your cto and all the others are your peers at that level and if you're a management trainee well then the other management trainees are peers at your level right and it really depends upon these peers whether you succeed or you fail in your job and funnily enough it is one of the most invisible things that you'll never encounter till it hits you let's kind of figure out how this works for that as usual let's take a few steps back i think the first exposure any one of us have had on peers is in when we were in school when all of our classmates were our peers and then that continues over through to college and post graduation and the way in which we build our relationship with our peers is perhaps something that we should take note of i mean we are always collaborating with our peers for most days but until we are not and then we are competing with them right so we are competing with them for sports day we are competing with them when there's school elections when we are competing with them when we are trying to win over the same guy or gal or whatever it is but most of the times we are trying to also collaborate with them because that's how you you know get along with with a class full of peers now as rules get broken and broken meaning broken is in loosened from school to college progressively and from college to postgraduate level and from postgraduate level you go to your first job these rules are almost non existent or they're invisible so suddenly you think peers are you know kind of there as as if part of the furniture but frankly you are only looking at your bosses and your underlings if you have any and if you're an underling well then you only look at the whole world as a nasty old place with the big boss sitting on top and that is where we condition our minds about keeping peers completely invisible to our heads but you know what happens then 
with this sort of behavior is that we tend to ignore or look down upon our peers. We look upon them as functional or transactional. Hey, you get this report to me because I need to show this along with that to my boss. We look at them as an unnecessary sort of waste of time at the worst of times or maybe something that you got to do in order to get work done. And we start kind of mildly getting irritated with the fact that we have to deal with them in order to get on with life. Now, whether we like it or not, this sort of a version of this sort of behavior does exist amongst all of us. And perhaps that is the behavior that gets down towards completely sabotaging our careers as we go along. Why do I say that? I say that because peers have the ability to actually make or break your career. If you want to succeed in something and, and if you think that you've got a great idea and your idea should be followed by your peers and should be supported by your peers because it's so obvious that it's wonderful and beautiful and so therefore your boss will praise you and you'll do fantastic. Well, that's not how it happens. That idea has to be sold to all those peers and made to feel that it is everybody's idea, isn't it? So there's a lot of consensus building that needs to happen uh, before your idea gets off the ground. In fact, the lesser ego that you keep about your idea or about your intention, and the more you co-opt your peers, the more successful your idea is going to actually be in its execution. But then how do I claim credit for my idea when it's due? How do I claim credit for my idea when everybody will claim it for its own ideas and won't office politics raise its ugly head, you may ask? Sure, it may and sure you may get screwed over, but the alternative is far worse. You will be stimmied by your peers, especially peers who know how to collaborate with each other. Especially by peers who know how to make a difference by actually working together as a tribe. Yeah, you heard that right. Eventually, we are all tribe members, even though we want to, uh, you know, shine individually, we have to shine together as well at times. And it is this paradoxical nature of the human being, the ability to stand out, the need to stand out and the need to kind of work as a tribe that kind of gets in our way of the singular promotion at work, isn't it? So therefore, peer management is extreme perception management. What you have to come across is a person who is amenable enough, accepting enough, collaborative enough to get along with your peers and yet manage to distinguish yourself from your peers in the eyes of other stakeholders like your boss and all of that. Now, I do not claim to have any uh, magic formulae for you to stand out in your own company or how to blend in in your own company. But it starts with an awakening, a perspective change, not looking at your peers as just transactional people or at worst office politics and enemies. You should be looking at them towards how do I collaborate with people and move things ahead. Let's face it, a lot of us actually want certainty in our lives and job or, or your workplace gives you a lot of certainty. People dislike change and especially let's assume that you've been brought in as a change agent, whatever your level may be, whether it's a management trainee or whether it's a, you know mid-level or whether it's at a CXO level. The other people around you, your peers are either going to let that change happen or they're going to stimmy you. Now, how will you react to something like this? You will only react to it by understanding that actually people are going to be resistant toward change. So let me try to figure out how is the best way in which I can position this change to other people as if they want this change either. And if they don't want this change, it is going to be a big problem. It is going to be a big problem to you. 
Well, there are no easy answers to this. But at least something that can make you aware of peer management will get rid of the peer pressure from work. Now, if I have to look at how do I reframe my attitude towards peers, there is one good way of doing so. But for that, you need to have a bit of an understanding. So let's get a backstory. Let's assume that you are at a CXO level at some point of time in your life or your career, and you have got to be selected amongst others as the next CEO. So you are certainly in line, but every other CXO is in line to be the next CEO, or there can be an outsider. Now, the fact is that if you are openly seen to be vying for a position that is going to make every other peer report into you, and if you do become that CEO, you're going to face a lot of opposition from everybody else who is vying for the same position. And trust me, if you don't become that CEO, then you're going to have yourself, you know, a lot of problems in the workplace. Basically, you have to resign and get another job because people will remember the way in which you have been when you're unsuccessfully trying to get to the top. And even if you do get to the top, you will have sudden loss of continuity because a lot of people who have fought with you on the fight towards becoming a CEO will fight and leave their jobs or they will work sullenly till they get a job and you will have a huge amount of pressure actually delivering your deliverables in your new job as the CEO while, you know, the other people just desert you. So both outcomes are useless when it comes to, you know, trying to stand out, in this case, becoming a uh, CEO from a set of peers. So I think the core aspect should be, assume that you're not going to be the CEO, okay? And reframe it saying, okay, we have to collaborate and work together. And collaborating and working together as if you're not going to be the CEO, even though you know that you are in the running, and even though you know that it is going to you know, be very good for you and you are vying for it, but you still assume that you're not going to be it, will help you have the, the humility to actually deal with everybody else in the right way. Assume that you're looking into the eyes of any other future CEO without giving that person too much power. You know, you're not, you don't need to be servile, but you can certainly look at it from a different perspective. Another way of doing it, so therefore, can be to treat every peer as a client as well. I mean, looking at bosses as clients is a wonderful strategy, but looking at peers as clients or stakeholders is also a good strategy. Looking at this stuff in a transactional way normally doesn't help. So building relationships before things come down to the crunch is always useful. Remember those school days when you were best friends with, with your gang uh, and, and used to have a lot of fun together, but then one of you came first and the other came second in class. And the awkwardness of that day was probably reduced because there was a deep friendship before that day actually happened. I think there are some childhood or you know school life lessons that are still very, very relevant when it comes to our work life. Well, that's about peer management from you. Normally, what I tend to do is I tend to look at a slightly introspective um, aspect of getting smarter uh, every um, uh, weekendish episode. So this is the one for you. Let's get smarter in a contemplative way over the weekend. Let's get smarter in an outward facing way when the week starts. That's my view. We could always change it up. And speaking about getting smarter, I think the best way to get smarter is to continuously challenge yourself by learning. And one of the best ways of learning is to keep challenging yourself to get to the next level. There are many ways of learning. And 
make sure that you profit from most of them you could obviously look at youtube you could look at paid courses and the rest of it as well go for them and make sure that you are uh, you know connected to the right reasons for learning and if you like what i'm doing then go to the traveling professor i am on instagram and on linkedin i am also doing my own courses so this is a soft plug in for whatever i'm selling but i think it could be worth your while if that's what you intend to learn otherwise go learn somebody else's stuff man and on the other hand if you like podcasts like these then you should be going and listening to more of ivm stuff they've got some great stuff going on there until next time then guys until next time <laughs>